Welcome, everybody, to episode number five of the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. I am your host, as always, Ravi Owens from the Average Jake Firefighter blog. And today's episode is actually going to be our first guest on the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. It's going to be with Daniel Myers. Daniel's a firefighter for the same department that I work for. Uh, But what he's going to be doing today is providing us his perspective on the command officer boot camp that just finished up in Pensacola Beach, Florida a couple months ago. Uh, Daniel's going to be giving us his perspective on the pickup, the conference. It's going to be a really, really good episode. Uh, But before we get into the interview with Daniel Myers... I just wanted to thank everyone who's supported me throughout this endeavor. I never thought that anybody would listen as much as they have uh, to just the words of just an average firefighter or an average Jake uh, such as myself. So it's been really, really, really awesome. And I just want to thank everyone for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast, listen to what I have to say. It's been really, really just humbling and, and just I feel just honored having everyone out there listening. So thanks for all the feedback. Thanks for people who give me support, uh, such as Fire and Iron Clothing, such as Vanguard Safety Wear, and such as uh, Chief Peter Lamb in the Firefighter Training Podcast, who gave me a huge shout-out in one of his most recent podcasts. I appreciate that, Chief, more than you know. Um, And before we, uh, another thing before we get into the interview, just want to give a huge shout-out to the Virginia State Firefighters Conference that's going to be held in August of 2018 in uh, Hampton, Virginia, for allowing me to bring not only one, but two sessions of the Firefighter Cardiac Arrest uh, class that I teach to the conference. Uh, one of those sessions is going to be at on August 2nd at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then the next one's going to be the very next morning, August 3rd, at 8 o'clock in the morning. So again, thanks for the Virginia State Firefighters Conference uh, being held in Hampton, Virginia at the Hampton Convention Center for allowing me to bring the Are You Ready for the Firefighter Cardiac Arrest class to the conference. It's a class that I've taught at FDIC. It's a class that I've taught at Ohio Fire Expo, the Virginia Fire Officers Academy. I think it's a really, really good class, and it talks about the problem that we're having in today's fire service because health is a hard thing to impact. Uh, especially on the individual level. Sure, you can control some some of it on a shift level, but it's really, really hard to control that stuff at a individual level. You can't make sure someone's going to eat right and exercise when they go home. So we have to develop a way to reach people, and we have to develop tactics and a plan for when someone goes into a cardiac arrest, either in the fire station or on the fire ground. Uh, like everything else always says, if you are prepared for it, then you can handle it when it happens. Your preparation rules the fire ground, as we always like to say. So that's what the class is a lot about. It's a lot about what happens. It's about some statistics. It's about what happens when a firefighter goes into cardiac arrest, some of the things you need to look out for, some of the things you need to do, why we're different than just the regular cardiac arrest patient we deal with. And then we start talking about how to prevent them from happening, how to recognize these things are going to happen either on the fire ground or how we can even impact it before we ever come to work by talking about some fitness and some nutrition. So again, thanks to the Virginia State Firefighters Conference. It's going to be a great, great class. I look forward to seeing anybody who's there. Uh, go to the Virginia State Firefighters website if you want to register for the conference. It's got There's a lot of other great classes going on. Uh, Steve Weissman from Stafford County, Virginia is going to be teaching a class on cancer prevention. There's classes on strategy and tactics. There's all sorts of good stuff at the Virginia State Firefighters Convention So in Hampton, Virginia. So take the time to do that and register. All right, 
Well, now we're going to get involved with our interview with Daniel Myers talking about the Command Officer Boot Camp Seminar in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, with our interview with Daniel Myers, like I said in the intro, Daniel is a firefighter with the same department that I work for. Uh, he's got a list of or a host of rather of firefighting experience uh, prior to coming to the, our, our department. Um, so we'd like to just welcome Daniel to the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. Daniel, thanks for joining us. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background before we get started into the uh, meat of the interview. Hey, good morning, Robbie. Glad to be on. Uh, so I started in Fire and EMS back in 2004, uh, Volunteer Rescue Squad and Volunteer Fire Department when I was in college uh, in Farmville, Virginia. So I stayed with them throughout college and afterwards uh, until I got hired by a combination department just outside of Richmond. Uh, that was a rural department. And I stayed there for about uh, four years until I got on where I am now. So I've had a, a lot of a different experience from, from rural to, to metro fire and EMS experience. Outstanding, outstanding. And, uh, you know, just on a personal note, Daniel's one of the guys that I, uh, that we talk, I talk to on almost a daily basis. It seems like we're always texting each other, comparing tactics, comparing each other's workouts. So it's really, really cool to have something like somebody like that to talk to on a personal level, keep you motivated. And, and uh, so I thank you for that. And thank you for joining us on the podcast. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was because you have a very unique experience. You got to go to uh, the command officer boot camp out in Pensacola, Florida, which is a, one of the series of classes that Kurt Isaacson from uh, Escambia County, Florida puts on uh, through his website, County Fire Tactics. And if you don't know who County Fire Tactics is or Kurt Isaacson is, you need to wake up and uh, get out from underneath your rock. Uh, he's pretty much a rock star in the fire service at this point with a lot of the stuff that he does. Uh, he does the Water on the Fire Conference, the High Rise Operations Conference. And then he does this specific one called the Command Officer Boot Camp. And you got to go to that. So what I want is, I guess, your review of the conference. We're going to just kind of start with from the time you got off the plane, because I know that he provides a lot of customer service to his conference as well. So I want to know about, you know, when you got off the plane, how was the uh, you and got on the shuttle or did you use the shuttle? Because I know he provides that and just kind of walk us through how that whole process went. Uh, I did use the shuttle. So they sent out some uh, some emails. Uh, leading up to the conference and all those people that were flying in, you would write down your arrival time, what airline, what time, uh, and then when you were leaving, because some people didn't stay the whole conference, couldn't stay for whatever reason. So I went in and typed in my, my airlines on that. Uh, and then when I got there, it's a real small airport in Pensacola. I walked outside and they'd rented uh, three 15 passenger vans. So they ran a staggered shuttle. It's about a 20 or 30 minute ride from the airport. Uh, over to the beach so um, the guys that are running the shuttle were doing it free of their time the workers from Escambia County so uh, I walked outside there was one there I sat I sat in the van for probably 10 minutes because uh, I was the first flight there so I had a few minutes to talk with that guy and he's only been on a year or two with uh, with Escambia so I kind of got a, uh, a little background on their department uh, from him and then uh, we waited and immediately started the um, the talk with some other people, you know, I had a right in the shuttle. First off, there was a, a couple from Texas and then another couple from uh, New Jersey. And I think one from Colorado that all climbed in the shuttle. So we took that ride over to, to the beach. Uh, and it was, it was a great, great deal for us because if we looked at an Uber and it was about $30 an Uber to get, um, get over to the beach. So that was great. 
Uh, of course, the guys, they took tips from us. We gave them some money for, for donating their time and driving us back and forth. So they had a rotating shuttle that first day. Uh, every 30 minutes or so, they would go to the hotel, and then they would go back to the airport. Man, that's that's awesome. Uh, that sounds like, I mean, you don't even get that kind of service at, like, Disney World sometimes. Uh, so that's pretty that's pretty amazing that he can set that whole whole thing up. One of the things that... <clears throat> Uh, that I find that's kind of unique about his conferences is that he actually like encourages spouses to come to the, to the conferences. Correct. Correct. Yeah. This one was definitely uh, had a, a, a spouse uh, section to it and they had activities for the spouses all week. Uh, and it was, it was his take on uh, building relationships uh, at home in the firehouse and in the fire service. So he was, is very much a family involved uh, family friendly conference. Awesome. Well, so and so here's, you know, where I want to go with that. And, you know, obviously, I, I know you didn't bring, you know, you, you don't have a spouse, uh, you know, so you didn't bring you know anyone with you to that from an outside looking in, uh, you know, how did you feel that that part of the conference worked? Is that something that, uh, you know, were, were you interested in hearing that part of the conference? Is it something that didn't really speak to you? Or do you would you recommend it for people that do have spouses or just significant others that are struggling with the fire service. Um, you know, it, 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 again, like all these other conferences, even some of the best ones don't really encourage that. And this is something that he's encouraging. Like I know I've read on the website, he wants you to bring your significant other or your spouse with him. You know, so how did, how did that part of the conference go? Did it, is it something that you really thought was, was worthwhile and, you know, just kind of expand on that a little bit. Yeah. So I thought it, it was really beneficial. Not only did they have stuff for the spouses to do, they paid for, uh, beach chairs and paddle boards and stuff on the beach. Um, but the, the first thing on Tuesday morning, the first class was uh, Kurt did kind of a duo with his wife on uh, their struggles and the stuff that they've had to overcome over the years in the fire service. Uh, and the spouses were invited to that class as well. So it was a lot of good open dialogue about the struggles of being uh, in a relationship with somebody in the fire service and how we can be difficult at times and Kurt was really uh, about how uh, the spouses need to be supported, but they need to understand, you know, what we're going through. And that was a way for them to, to kind of understand it and to, to meet other spouses to share how they've dealt with problems or even if they haven't dealt with them, somebody else there has. So it was really, I think, incredibly beneficial. And I, I even got a lot out of the, the talk that they did. So then there was a question and answer kind of afterwards for, for Kurt and his wife, you know, talk about how kids and, you know, getting them to soccer tournaments and the long shifts, the, the hard calls, uh, just, just everything that it involves that some people just aren't, aren't really aware of and having the difficult conversations at home and how if things aren't good at home, that transfers over to not being good in the firehouse. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, you and I both know that we've, we've witnessed that personally, uh, from a firefighter level and a supervisor level, how if things are out of balance, then they're going to be out of balance in all places. I think that's really cool that he, that he's doing that and that it's something that everybody can have a little bit of peace of, even if you're don't, not there with your spouse or even if you don't have a spouse. It's something that you can learn from. And the one day that if somebody is there listening to that talk and they don't get a spouse or, or you know, and they don't have a spouse, but they, you know, they want one and the day that they get one, they can explain all of these things. Uh, so that's really, really, really cool. Talk to me about his opening ceremony. I, I, you know, I've listened to Kurt Isaacson talk a multitude of times at FDIC. I've listened to some of his Facebook live videos. He's a super passionate 
speaker. Tell me about his opening speech about the calling for a better fire service. Uh, tell me a little bit about what he talked about and how it impacted you. So you hit the, hit the nail on the head. The first thing I was going to say is if you haven't heard him, he's definitely a very passionate uh, speaker. He, he, puts, he pours his heart and soul into the fire service and making it better. And that's how he, he started opening it up. Um, and his, his main goal was that we need to get to the, back to the basics in the fire service and involve your spouse as to what's going on. Um, uh, he, he really hit on relationships and building relationships, like I said, in the, at home, in the firehouse, and everything else. And that you're really firing on all cylinders. Uh, when things are going good at home, things are going good in the firehouse and vice versa. Uh, so he, he called for a better fire service and saying, we really, you need to get out there and you need to train. You need to ask yourself could I have trained more today? What else could I have done to better myself today? And if you're not asking yourself those questions, you're doing the fire service a disservice. So that you really need to get out there. You need to PT. You need to be prepared for yourself. Uh, be prepared for others. Uh, and it's not about you. It's about them. Wow. That's pretty impactful stuff. I think that, uh, and, and I agree, and I'm sure you would as well, that it seems that, it, and especially coming from our fire department, it seems like there's a lot of, focus on other stuff instead of good, you know, firefighter skills. And, you know, we need to be focused on the fire department and not necessarily the 15 other new initiatives that we've got going on. Right. Um, so that's, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure you would agree with that. Yeah. So um, he, he made a comment about, you know, we need to seek higher education, but we need to balance it carefully. Um, when you're at work, be all about work, but this is not a competition. This is about being the best you can be and being better than yourself at this point next year. So when you get to this point next year, evaluate and say, how have I made myself better? How have I made the fire service better? Wow. That's, and that's how the conference started off. So like, if you don't get motivated by that, then like you, you probably should have just gone back to the, got it back on the shuttle and went to back to the Pensacola airport and flew home. Right. <laughs> yeah. The first 30 minutes out the gate, uh, Tuesday morning was, was that so that he got everybody fired up pretty easily about that. Wow. How about that? All right. So then of course, uh, I know that again, he does so much in that Pensacola beach community, uh, you know, with the wristbands and the discounts, tell us about, uh, you know, I, tell us about like that kind of like lunch atmosphere. Cause I know usually after that he, he had, they had lunch. So tell us about like, did you partake in any of those discounts? Did you go to any of those restaurants that he gives and tell us about how the lunch thing worked? Uh, because I know that's what a lot of firefighters there, you know, like, especially you go to FDIC, which is a huge, huge conference uh, or firehouse expo. And it seems to me like there's a struggle to eat sometimes because one, there's so much good stuff going on, but two, there's 40,000, 30,000 firefighters in one city. And you're trying to go get a table and eat in 30 to 45 minutes and then go back to a convention center for the class. So tell us about how smoothly that was, how the discounts worked. And, you know, did you have any problems with that? So it went really smooth. When you checked in, you got your name, uh, your name tag, and then you got a blue wristband, uh, which I didn't even know what the blue wristband was for until the first day they told us. So they gave us a list of restaurants that uh, Kurt had gone out and talked to. And with your wristband, you got either uh, 15 or 20 percent off of these restaurants. Uh, they're very familiar with him. He has a great working relationship with them. Uh, so we didn't even have to ask for him. He gave us a list of his favorite restaurants, the ones that gave us the discounts even the ones that didn't give us the discounts. So uh, we got an hour for lunch each day. The hotel even ran a uh, like a discounted lunch special uh, for the people in there. So we had the hotel to eat at, and then we had about you know five or six restaurants within walking distance. 
So uh, you know, he encouraged everybody not to go to the same place so we could all get back in an hour. <laughs> so everybody kind of split up and did their own thing. Uh, families came as well. So it, it really wasn't that bad. You know, we, we all made it back within an hour, but all oh, the restaurants, the food was great. He made some really good recommendations and, and we got the discount. So outstanding. Um, so, so obviously you've got that going on. I know the first day, like I said, I've got the itinerary here up there. It's started off with him, with him and his wife talking and his calling for a better fire service. And then you went into uh, Frank Viscuso was step up and lead Wednesday. He opened again. Then you had John Salka and Mike Turpak <clears throat> Thursday, Ray McCormick. And, uh, I can't pronounce this guy's Mark Wesseldine. And yeah, then the last, yeah. And then, uh, John Salka and, you know, at the, at the very, very end of the conference in some closing remarks, um, you know, without having to go into all of, you know, Eric, cause we could do a, a week long podcast on just each one of those guys, but give me a few highlights of the other speakers besides Kurt. Give me a few highlights. Like what was one of the, like, if you could tell me one thing, uh, that each one of those guys said that impacted you the most. Uh, I know, I believe maybe it was during the John Sulka talk that you texted me like right in the middle of it and was like, Hey, this guy just brought this up. What do you think? And uh, we kind of had like a little mini conversation while you're sitting there listening to John Sulka. So just like, if you could tell me like just one thing from each one of those speakers, a highlight, uh, you know, that they, that you took home from each one of those guys. Yeah, so Frank Fiscuso does the Step Up and Lead program, which isn't even just targeted to the fire service. Obviously, it has a fire service background, but he goes all over the country and teaches it to, to big corporations and companies. So that was a kind of just a, a basic leadership engaging conversation uh, with your employees. And, you know, if you're a supervisor, uh, how to engage with your employees and have the difficult conversation. So that was just kind of a nuts and bolts leadership course uh, that was pretty good. Uh, and he encouraged everybody to buy their books. It was if you if you're familiar with the book, it was a lot of the highlights out of his book for that. So that was pretty good. Uh, and then that afternoon, they had a poolside social uh, with live music and drinks to follow that. So all all of these speakers were available afterwards uh, just to mingle and talk and everything, which was a great experience. Um, so then Wednesday morning, we started with John Salka, uh, who did a case study on. Uh, a line of duty death in New York. So we went step by step through that and he uh, kind of pointed out things and he asked about if it was a failure, failure in leadership and accountability. Uh, he's just the, the amount of knowledge and experience that dude has is, is absolutely unreal. Uh, just the stories he can tell and the things that he's been on. He's absolutely no nonsense guy. So it sounds like he's, he was a good battalion to work for. He watched out for his people, uh, just, but just a no nonsense kind of approach to, uh, no finger pointing, but you need to be held accountable for it, your actions and the other everybody else's actions. And as a leader, that was your that's your responsibility. Uh, Turpac in the afternoon was more of a uh, kind of tactics course. Uh, he did kind of a building construction review and then talked about some some tactics with those uh, building construction techniques in townhouses and garden apartments. So he he made a good point about uh, the new lightweight construction that everybody's seeing. That's really not a type uh, class five or type five uh, building construction that, that they've started calling it a type six because it's, it is lightweight with your, uh, your gusset plates and all that stuff. So we talked about um, how to attack fires in those type of construction and things to watch out for. So that was a good leadership uh, and tactics and uh, discussion all afternoon. 
Has uh, there been any? Uh, has there been any like with with that? That's really interesting. I I hadn't even heard that. Uh, whether kind of referring it to like a class six. Uh, did he talk about if is there any kind of push? to get that into like the firefighter literature, because I know, you know, as well, uh, you know, in still in the art that the world, the world's greatest IFSTA manual, I say that you can't see it because it's a podcast, but I'm using air quotes uh, right. when, I, when I do that, uh, you know, is there any push to get that out there into the literature? Cause I haven't even seen like an article or anything about that. So is there anything that like a push that he's trying to do to get that into like a textbook or in an article in fire engineering or one of the other publications or even into the IFSTA manual? He had made some comments about trying to push it out and bring the awareness, but then also that, you know, the IFSA, it takes about 20 years to kind of come up to the times. So he said that he would imagine that we see it, you know, in 20 years as a new, a new class or type coming out. Right. When it's already, when it's already become commonplace. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And that's what he said. Yeah. It's all commonplace now. So it's up to us uh, to be familiar with our buildings and walk through them and find what's going on with them and be familiar, whether it's in a textbook or not. So wow, okay, all right, all right. We'll keep going. Uh, so then uh, Wednesday afternoon, uh, Kurt rented out a restaurant on the water. It was a really nice restaurant, one of his favorites that he and his family go to all the time. Uh, so they had a happy hour and dinner social there for everybody. It was like three levels, um, the three level restaurant over the water. So that was really cool. He really uh, worked hard, you know, to have a lot of social events and networking afterwards. Um. So Thursday morning, we started with Ray McCormick, uh, Lines and Ladders Leadership, is the title of his program. Uh, he's also kind of a no-nonsense guy, uh, older guy, but still an engine lieutenant and the busiest engine, one of the busiest engines in, uh, in New York City, which says a lot. So that dude goes all around the country and speaks on, on the job, uh, obviously about his love for the job. But then he goes back home and he's out on the street. So it's a lot of down in the trenches leadership on how to deal with people uh how to deal with tactics and how to how to really you know better the fire service from from the ground up i got you so with ray um you know and 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 i'm sure you've seen him out there ray with some of his stuff he can be kind of polarizing to certain people um you know some of the times i know i read some of his articles and i'm like want to go you know give him a high five and then sometimes i'm like shaking my head and scratching my head how did you feel about or, or, or just, you know, tell us, like, how was the room kind of reacting to, to his talk? And did you get a chance to interact with him at any of the socials? And did he seem like he was an approachable guy? Or did he seem like, uh, you know, like he was just kind of like there to give his class and, and wasn't interested in, in any other kind of interaction? He was very interested. He sat in the back of the class uh, along with Salk and some of the other guys. They sat in the back of the room for the other guys' presentations. So they knew everything that we had gone through during the week. Uh, he was out there with his Hawaiian shirt and shorts on in the afternoons, very approachable, spent his time talking to everybody. Um, I think his class was very well received. He was very good with questions. Uh, I'd say, you know, he, the, his stuff he, that he presented was a lot of, this is just what I've experienced. This is what worked for me. What didn't, it's not the end all be all by any means, but this is, how, you know, this is how we've done things and how we've made it work. Uh, but he was very open to questions uh, or bouncing ideas off of him. It, it, he didn't feel, you know, polarizing at all. I think he was very well received. Man, that's 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 awesome. You know, because uh, a lot of times when you see these guys that are, you know, and we in the fire service kind of put these guys on a pedestal. At least, at least I know I do. Um, you know, when I see. John Salka at FDIC or, you know, at a conference or, you know, or Ray McCormack or, or Rick Lasky or any of those bigger guys, 
you know, that, that, we, that I'm reading about one day or reading their book and then, you know, they're at a bar. I know that I, I don't, I almost try to treat, I almost kind of treat them like a celebrity when in reality, they're just firefighters just like me. And they really, in reality, are very approachable, uh, especially like John Salka has been one of the most approachable guys I've ever met, uh, you know, especially probably next to uh, Chief Dennis Rubin. Uh, who I have a pretty good relationship with, but that's really good to hear because you do see some of these guys that they feel like they have this rock star status when they teach at these bigger conferences or write a book and they don't have time to be bothered uh, with your question. So it's really, really good to hear that all these guys were accessible to the, uh, to the attendees of the conference. And that, I think that it you know makes the conference even more worthwhile because you're spending a lot of money to go to these things and you want to be able to, to interact with the people and ask them questions. That's something they may not have covered in the class. So that's, that's really, really good to hear. Uh, keep going, Daniel. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, these guys would sit in the back just in plain clothes. Uh, and, you know, we just start drumming up conversation with people and some people had no idea who they were. So they talked to them for 20, 30 minutes. And then, you know, later on in the week, it would hit them like, Oh man, that's who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So they, they were just out, out amongst us, you know, just, you know, contributing their ideas and conversations. So they were, you know, there was no high on a pedestal by any means, but certainly with their experience and knowledge level, they, they're, they're up there and well-respected. Outstanding. So, uh, after Ray McCormick, after lunch, we had Mark Wesseldine, uh, who retired uh, as a firefighter from FDNY after 25 years. Uh, and he had to, he worked for, um, for John Salka. So John Salka gave him a plug about how he was, he made things run well. He's a senior man, and that kind of that kind of transitioned into a really good conversation about uh, for any really any level that the senior man is one of the most important guys in the firehouse, uh, and especially to a lieutenant or a captain that he makes things run smoothly, and he really hits off a lot of all the problems before they get to that level. So that it's your job as a senior firefighter to do those those tasks and to really run the shift and not have the lieutenant have to get involved and you know, have to put his foot down. So um, Mark was one of those guys that he was on a tower ladder for pretty much all his career, hardworking guy. Um, they said he was one of the hardworking best, knew his job better than anybody else. Didn't you know, They tried to get him to get promoted, and he said he did, really didn't have any desire to do that um, because he liked what he was doing, he liked where he was working, he liked the people he worked with. Um, so Mark – now works in Colorado uh, as a chief in a small town out there. So he, uh, he's, his was kind of an unpolished, just frank conversation. He was like, Hey, I don't, I don't go around and speak all the time on this stuff. You know, I'm not some crazy leadership guru, but I can present you with what I've done over the years as, as far as, you know, leadership, call it whatever you want. This is what has worked for me. Uh, really, really just a smart guy. And he, you know, he kind of, started off his talk with the the quote of if you don't if you don't lead someone else will and that's kind of where how he got where he was and that what you permit you promote so wow he had a lot of good uh a lot of good just kind of ground ground level leadership stuff well that's kind of a, at least for me you know again i didn't hear the 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 program you did but uh that's kind of a refreshing take on leadership because i feel like and, and I read a lot of leadership stuff. I know you do too. Uh, I feel like that a lot of people's take on leadership is that their way is perfect and the way that they lead is perfect. And that if you don't lead the way that they're leading or do the things that they do, 
it's like it, it is like you're doing it wrong. You're 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 doing it the wrong way. And it seems like this is just like a hey, this is what I did. If you like, you know, kind of like the Ron Burgundy thing. If you like it, you can keep it. If you don't like it, send it all back type exactly. deal. <laughs> <laughs> so he was uh, Mark. You know, made the point of you know if, if everybody wants to roll out the perfect play or make the perfect decision, it'll be way too late. So you know, don't be afraid to make decisions. Uh, and he said, you know, aim for seventy percent of the solution. So you make a decision based on your previous incidents, your trading and in, in, uh, experiences. You're not always going to be right, but make a decision and go with it and adapt. Um, wow, so that's, he, you know, he that's said, powerful I, stuff. I've made, made a lot of deci- uh, bet wrong decisions, but that's how I've learned, and I haven't made them again. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that. Uh, that finished that up and then kind of Salka ended the program with some more uh, leadership and tactics stuff, just kind of talking about um, accountability again. Uh, accountability is not about a name tag. It's about task accountability. Uh, and he, he get, did, he kind of went into some different types of leaders. You know, there's a, you know, four different types of leaders uh, traps. There's a leader slip. So you let an opportunity for uh, leadership escape us where you don't engage somebody. Uh, and then there's another type of leader called the leader grip who always wants to be in control of all the decisions. Uh, then there's the leader trip, you know, talking all about that. The person's all about themselves. They're on a power trip. And then there's the leader flip, who you, the, the, the leaders that can't make a decision, no matter what you do, they're always flip flocking back and forth uh, and they can't make their own decision. Well, uh, I know, I know each one of those guys. Right. I'm not going to say their names, but he, I know each one of those guys. That's what he and, said. He said you've worked for, <laughs> you've worked for or seen every type of this in the fire service before. Um, so then he went kind of into uh, leadership and tactics from the um, engine company officer's perspective, the truck company officer's perspective, uh, et cetera, based on you know kind of how they run their program up there. But it was just more of a leadership and tactics thing. Um, which was kind of based on his five alarm leadership program. If you're familiar with that in his book. Yes, absolutely. And he, he made a big point, which uh, he said his son went to uh, the Marine Corps. When he went to graduation, they put a quote up that he kind of really put a plug in for, which was a really good quote. And it said that if you don't support or enforce the standards of your organization, you're simply establishing new lower standards. So with that, he took that into, it's the job of a, uh, a leader, a Lieutenant, a captain, to uh, enforce and promote the vision and the mission of your fire department. And if you're not doing that, then you don't belong in that position. Wow. Pretty powerful stuff. It is. Pretty powerful stuff. Uh, so that kind of ended up the conference uh, you for you. So tell me about this, some of this. I know you, you touched on it a little bit with how accessible the speakers were, but give me an example of some of those socials. I know I saw on Twitter while you were at the conference that like, Kurt was having like late night meetings, like, Hey, 10 PM meet at this bar for a tactics discussion. Uh, or, you know, and then they had socials every, every night, uh, at different restaurants on the beach, all that kind of stuff. Did you partake in any of those? Uh, if you did tell me how you liked them, what you thought about them. Did you go out and sit on the beach? Uh, did you get in the water? You know, all the amenities, I guess, that you got from the conference, give me some, you know, some highlights of those and, and some of the stuff that you did. Yeah. So I hit some of those, some of the uh, those little late night meetings were were so big it was almost hard to get into because everybody was wanting to hear what these guys had to say, you know, kind of off the record. Um, so they had that poolside the first night the poolside social with drinks and live music was kind of an icebreaker for everybody to to 
uh, make some connections throughout the week for the spouses to get used to things. And uh, there's a lot of people in and uh, on and off the beach. The water was like 86 degrees when I was there. It was perfect. I went out there uh, in the afternoons and just kind of uh, decompressed a little bit. And uh, I was reading a leadership book. So that was nice to sit on the beach and do that. Uh, and then we had the socials, you know, by the pool and then um, at some of those restaurants. So uh, I did participate in some of the, some of the other guys I'd networked with uh, through the week. There's a guy that flew all the way from Hawaii out, out there. I uh, talked to him for a little while. Um, but there was a lot of even they had the those networking events, but there were a lot of other kind of events that other people just kind of put together kind of on the fly. Like, hey, let's just kind of mingle and start yeah. talking. And then it grew into others, which I think is exactly what Kurt was looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. So it's kind of like, you know, was the was the pickup good to go back to the airport? Was that as smooth as the pickup to get to get out of there? You know, sometimes, you know, on the front end, things can get good. You know, like they get you to the conference and then once the conference is over, they sometimes can can be a little bit wonky getting out of there. So how, how was that? Yeah, that was super smooth as well. They had uh, the guy that was in charge of all the travel stuff. He had a little desk right at the front door of the hotel, uh, which the hotel was really nice, by the way, right on the water, um, several pools, everything. So the guy. The travel director was right there at the door. You came down. He'd look you up, you know, after you put your flight numbers in there. And so they would uh, they would bust you over to the airport based on when your fl- people's flights were getting out of there. So it was it was that was really super smooth as well. Really just kind of seamless. You get back on the same van, same dudes driving them, uh, run you right back to the airport. Outstanding. Well, it seems like a tremendous, tremendous experience. Uh, and it seems like, you know, that you, that you got a lot out of it. Um, you know, obviously I would assume you'd recommend it. Um, but like, I, I guess, you know, tell, uh, you know, sell it to the other people out there that are listening to the podcast of why they should go, maybe not the command officer boot camp class. Maybe that's not the one that they should take, but why they should go to water on the fire, why they should go to H rock or why they should go or why they should join us in January for uh, chief John Norman's uh, company officer seminar. Tell you know, cause you're the only, you're the only guy I know that's gone and come back. So uh, to tell, tell everybody, tell me why, why I'm looking forward to going in January and tell everybody else why they should go to one of these classes. So, so Kurt, like we talked about, is obviously a passionate guy who is all about bettering the fire service. So what he does is uh, he changes it every year and he gets some of the exact same people that are the best in the business to come down there uh, and, and share their knowledge. And well, even while we were down there, he opened it up for next year to go to all three of his conferences four or $500 total when they're usually about 300, $450 a piece. Uh, so I went ahead and purchased that. So I'll be going down for uh, the command officer boot camp, water on the fire and H rock. Uh, in addition to the, um, the John Norman one next year, which I'm really excited about. Well, that so, sounds like three podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the H rock is really, they bring in, in the high rise guys from uh, all over the, the nation, you know, Denver, uh, all the guys that run this stuff and you don't get to go to many places where you can go in a hotel and hook up, go up and flow water uh, and actually do it nonstop all day long. So I think that's going to be really good. Um, something that they are planning next year for the command officer boot camp is to have different tracks. So you have like an acting officer track, a, uh, a lieutenant or reg- uh, officer track. A, um, a chief officer track and then a promotional track. So based on where you are in your fire service career, it'll be kind of aimed towards, towards your position. So I think that'll be uh, a really good 
conference as well. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. And that just shows, I mean, you know, some people are, you know, again, a lot of these guys can be, can be polarizing. I know that, you know, for all the, and it's like anybody else that puts themselves out there in the fire service, uh, you know, the, you know, there's people that love what Kurt Isaacson's doing. There's people, you know, that, that can't stand what Kurt Isaacson's doing. I think it's, you know, it's funny, you know, when I, the first time I ever saw Kurt speak at FDIC, I actually took the class, uh, his gallons per second class with, with my dad, who's been in the fire service for 30 some years. I'm sitting there listening to Kurt Isaacson and I'm writing down, you know, like notes after notes after notes. And I'm loving his class sitting right next to my dad. Who's hearing the same stuff. He hated everything he was saying. So it's just funny that <laughs> these guys can be polarizing, but it just shows to me how much of a, a just a, how much his, you know, Kurt Isaacson's fingers on the pulse of the fire service. He realizes that, you know, that there's different, you know, different things going on with different people at different times in their fire service career. And he's trying to give training, affordable training to people, you know, all over the world at these things. So it's just a really phenomenal thing uh, for, I think anyway, and it's something that, that just you, you you have to respect even if you don't necessarily dig the guy's message you have to respect what he's doing and now being on the backside of being involved in in a much smaller scale with the fireground commander conference here being on staff for that understanding just a minuscule bit how hard it is to put on one of these things uh i just have a tremendous amount of respect for him so daniel i i think it's a tremendous i think it's tremendous that you bought the, uh, the, the, the package and you're going to be going to all four of them next year. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's awesome. And especially we're going to be going with a couple of our good friends uh, in January to the John Norman one. So just give us some kind of final thoughts from the conference and then tell us uh, if you, you know, I know you're on social media, tell everybody where they can see you on social media, if you're willing to share that stuff. And if what you've got coming up in the pipeline training wise, besides the, the, all the stuff you're going to be doing in Florida this year. And uh, if, if you're going to be doing any sort of teaching for any conferences. Yeah. So, so kind of final thoughts. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with Kurt, definitely follow him, follow his training. Uh, on county fire tactics he puts out a lot of good stuff and he encourages people to to share that stuff uh with him he's a great guy i got the 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 benefit of getting he donated his this conference registration to the fireground commander conference so my registration was completely covered for um so i talked to kurt and i really thanked him for uh donating that registration for me to come down there and his only comment to me was i'm glad to support people that love this job so when you have somebody that that will do that, and he said he'll donate those registrations to people all day long if they for the love of the job, that's that says a lot right there. So that's yeah. exactly what he's doing is he's calling for a better fire service, and he's doing it. Outstanding. Um, so next year is going to be really good down there. He brings in a lot of the good, a lot of good speakers, and it's different every year. So it's not like you're going to get repetitive stuff. So. Uh, like I said, looking forward to January when we go down there and see John Norman. That's going to be a kind of a once-in-a-career experience to see the guy that wrote that book deliver that presentation to us. So that's going to be pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, outstanding. So so give us any kind of like uh, where people can find you, what you're doing, anything else coming up. Yes, I'm on Instagram, at uh, DanielMyers08. That's me. Um, still I know you're on Untapped. You're a beer connoisseur. I am on <laughs> Untapped as well. <laughs> So there's def- there was definitely some beer down there as well. Beer and secret. So. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. So coming up, I got the uh, 
that conference down there in January, still doing some stuff. We're getting ready to start another recruit school, so I'll be heavily involved with uh, teaching the EMS portion of that, getting them started, awesome. and finishing up this last recruit school. So that's kind of that's kind of uh, pegging me to my limit right now. So Yeah, understood. Well, Daniel, thank you for coming on the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I really appreciate not just your willingness to come on and share your stuff, but your your friendship and just your, your everyday, like, keeping each other motivated. You don't know how impactful that is to me when if I see you get send me your workout and I'm feeling lazy that day, I got to get up and do a workout. And I know that's the same thing with you. Uh, yeah, so, is. again, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, is. so thanks a lot and I uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast. What a tremendous interview with Daniel Myers. I thank him tremendously for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's awesome to be able to talk to another person on the podcast and not just and, and also awesome to give you somebody else to listen to on the podcast so that we can, uh, you know, just continue to move this mission forward, um, which would not be possible without the support of these great, great companies that I use. First off, Vanguard Safety Wear. They're the makers of the MK1 Fire Glove. They are made for work. You can go to VanguardSafetyWear.com to get you a pair of MK1s. They're also coming out with some other stuff. They're coming out with rescue gloves. They're coming out with another version of the MK1. They're coming out with all sorts of good stuff. VanguardSafetyWear.com, made for work. Also, Fire and Ironed Clothing. Fire and Iron Clothing is a public safety clothing company that wants to inspire and motivate others to get in shape. Uh, I'm proud to be a brand ambassador for them. If you're interested in Fire and Iron Clothing, go to fireandiron.clothing.com, fireandironclothing.com, and use the code AVERAGEJAKE, A-V-G-J-A. K-E. That's Average Jake, and you'll get yourself a little bit of a discount. They'll know that you listen to the podcast. They'll know all of those things, and you'll get some, you know, besides getting a discount and besides getting, you'll get some great clothing that you can wear out on the town, you can wear while you're working out, and you'll be supporting a tremendous company that is wanting to inspire and motivate public safety workers to get in shape and stay in shape. So fireandironclothing.com. Lastly, as I always say, uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at AverageJakeFF. Go to the blog, AverageJakeFirefighter.com. I'm on Instagram at AverageJakeFF. All of those social media profiles, all those social media stuff. And, of course, listen to the other episodes of the podcast. Listen to everything that we've got going on here at Average Jake Firefighter. And as I always say when I end these episodes, spend one hour in the gym every day, spend one hour in the library every day, and spend one hour doing some sort of hands-on training. You do that, and you'll make yourself a pretty phenomenal firefighter. Thanks for listening. Stay safe.